0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. welcome
2: everyone to the ask doctor. dream show here on unity online radio this is the place where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are I'm your host dr. dream Kelly Sullivan Walden the number to call if you have a question about your dreams or the nature of your dreams or the way that nature the nature around you can inform your dreams and vice versa the number to call is 8 816- one Six, two, five, one, three, five, five, five. So, in a couple moments, I'm going to be bringing out my guest for today who is amazing. He's one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming IASD conference, that's the International Association for the Study of Dreams, Keith Salmon. So, um, just give me a moment for that. And before we do, I'm going to just read to you the little luminous humanness thought for the day. This is from my latest book Luminous Humanness. Let's see if you can spell it. <laughs> and it's May 12th. So today the message is radical receptivity and radical releasing. Being luminous in your humanness is like having an open door policy with all this universe has to offer. Being luminous in your humanness is about profoundly enjoying and embracing all of the blessings, absorbing all their nutrients into every cell and atom of your being. Being luminous in your humanness is also about gracefully letting go of all which you've claimed ownership of when you feel it tug toward the exit. Being luminous in your humanness is about knowing there is always more, bigger and better, in store for you just around the corner affirmation, I inhale the blessings from the universe, and when it's time, I exhale them with gratitude galore, always making room for more. All right, with that, let's just do a little centering prayer slash meditation. Let's just close our eyes if you can, if you're not operating heavy machinery or driving a car. Let's just turn within for a moment. And be willing to let go with the exhale of anything that is tugging toward the exit, anything, anyone, anything. Let's just be like the beings in nature are. When it's time to let go, there's a letting go. There's an embracing of all the seasons so that we can be completely present with this brand new moment Let's breathe in the blessings that are here. Let's absorb them deeply into the marrow of the narrow of the marrow of our bones. And let's get fortified. Let's be lifted up and fulfilled because everything we need is right here. Truly, it's an illusion it's just a it's a figment of our dream that we're lacking anything. It's just hide and seek with the universe. So let's just for a moment stop playing and just remember that we've got it all. It's all right here. So we can relax, we can enjoy, we can explore, we can unpack our dreams in a place of absolute abundance and gratitude. So for this, I just say thank you, and I release it, and let it be, and so it is, for the highest good of all, amen, A woman, ah, dreams. And I just want to say that that message that I read today from Luminous Humanness, when I had my death experience that I, I talk about in depth at the beginning of the book, um, the big takeaway that I had during that time, there's so many insights, so many messages, but the biggest one was was about releasing and and opening up, like on for the moments that I was on quote unquote the other side, there was um there was this fast paced whoosh kind of experience. And I had the thought while I was there, if I was back in my human body, I would try to grab a hold of all of this and hoard it and and stamp my name on it and claim it as mine. But because there was so much love and beauty kind of coming at me so fast, there was no time to hold on to anything. It was just all I could do was just absorb the blessings as they came in let them go as they were going out so I could be ready for the next. So really there's a few messages in this book that really kind of say the whole message of what, what I want you to get from this book. And this is one of them radical receptivity and radical releasing so that we can radically receive once again in that never ending cycle. All right. So that's my thought for the moment. Um, Actually, I have one more thought. I just saw the movie, my octopus teacher. I, I, you haven't seen it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. I believe it won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. But I think the timing of it is really interesting because if you, I'm not going to give it away if you've already seen it, just know that there are some incredible scenes in this movie that will imprint you and your dreams probably for the rest of your many lifetimes. (laughs) I know this will be with me forever. And it just made me feel so excited about nature and about Being just in the natural world. And, and I got to have the, I have the blessing of getting to interview Keith Salmon, who is a naturist. I don't know exactly what he calls himself, but I'm going to introduce him and bring him on the show because um, the timing couldn't be more perfect. So he, Keith Salmon is somebody who interweaves original videography from being out in nature, poetry, prose, sound and song, To explore the intimate relationship between the natural world and the world of dreams. His work represents a constellation of the insights and revelations gained through his lifelong exploration of nature's mysteries through the lenses of both biological science and art. In his 35-year apprenticeship in the study of dreams, Keith's performances and presentations awaken a sense of wonder where the creatures in our dreams, and I bet you've had some creatures in your dreams. I know we all have. They reveal the correspondence between the natural world and our own true nature. So Keith is amazing. His website, go take a look, is truenature.earth. And I'm so excited. Keith Salmon, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show.
1: Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. (laughs)
2: So tell me what you are going to be presenting at the conference. And by the way, everyone listening, if you haven't yet already gotten your ticket to go to the IASD conference, go to asdreams.org and get your ticket. This is going to be an amazing conference, international conference, and Keith is going to be presenting and you'll get to see his movie. You'll get to see him speak live. You'll get to see him. So Keith, sorry I interrupted you already. So okay. tell me, first of all, <laughs> tell I, me about what I, you're presenting at the IASD conference.
1: I have, first of all, I have to agree with you that I, the the conference. I first went in 2018, and and it's a wonderful conference, amazingly well run and organized. And I'm I'm really thrilled to be to be invited back. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and what I'm doing is bringing a film that I've I've done where. It's four different animals that have visited me in dream, and and they've they've encouraged me in some way to go out and engage them in the natural world. So it discre- it presents how I went out and engaged them in the natural world, and 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 hopefully brings some of the the sense of wonder about the mystery of existence that I feel when I engage them. Hopefully in in the imagery and in the sound that it will also awaken some of that sense of wonder in the viewers
2: so tell us about some of these animals that you that you focus on and that you discovered in the natural world
1: uh, well, the first one that that really opened me to to this approach was um, a goose came to me in a dream i was walking on this <laughs> large flat estuary, and I found this small goose, and it was so beautiful, and I was transfixed by it, and as I was watching it, uh, a voice said, uh, and it was in a pool of water, and it said, if your pool is connected to the ocean, you will have life, but if your pool is not connected to the ocean, you will have no life, and then the goose swam out into the open ocean, and The very very next day, I went for a walk on a beach near where I live, and the tide was way out, and I was walking along, and I thought, wow, this seems like where I was walking in my dream. And there was all of these pools in it on on this beach, just like in my dream. And then I came across a whole flock of small geese that looked exactly like my dream goose. And I later learned that they were Brant geese, and and I'd never seen them before, and it just seemed so amazing to me that this goose would visit me in my dream one night and then visit me in the awake time the very next day. And and in the moment when I first saw them, it felt like the veils between what I called the dream time and the awake time, that they had thinned and that there, there wasn't a, such a close connection to them between them. And so... And then that led me to start to really explore the Brant Goose and follow the Brant Goose and uh and I develop a relationship with it. And so then and then the others are similar stories. I can't wait to see this movie. Oh my
2: goodness. I want to hear oh let's hear about the others, if you don't mind. Let's just introduce them at least a little bit to us so we can see this in our minds sure. in the meantime.
1: Uh another one uh was were sea lions. Um, when I was mm. out on the beaches, part of what we uh, I did when uh, developing the relationship with Brant geese was um, they, they come, the Brant geese come once a year on their migration up to the Arctic and they stop to f- feed on herring eggs on the beaches. And so I would film them. And while I was filming them and recording them, I would hear the sounds of sea lions. The sound of the sea lion just travels for miles over the water. And so I could hear them, but I never saw them. And there was some quality in their sound that attracted me. Um, and that somehow started to f- feed my dream world because I started to get dreams about sea lions mm-hmm. and, um, and encouraging me to go out and to, 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 to greet them. And they're difficult to access because they don't... Oh, I live on Vancouver Island, but it's a big island and there's too many people, I guess. So they haul out mm. on these very small islands and you know, out off the, off the coast. So we had to get out there. And so we traveled out there and we spent a long time filming and recording the sea lions and watching, being with the sea lions. And um, But then that started to feed my dreams where um, I, I was then... Having dreams where I was swimming with sea lions, and I thought mm. you know this I wanted to take it metaphorically because I was not big about being in that water that was that deep, so I resisted following that encouragement, and I resisted and I resisted it, and um then I thought well i 've got to take scuba lessons to be able to go and swim with them and i and i there was just a tremendous fear to do that. And, um, then one day I got a call from a guy that lives about a hundred miles north of me, and he wanted to come down and talk to me about dreams. So we met in Starbucks and we're sitting there talking <laughs> about, uh, our dream life. And it was as though my reality for a moment shifted and, and, so, mm. and I just blurted out, are you a diver? And, <laughs> and he was, and, uh, he, just spending time with him, sort of inducted me into the world of diving. so after that, I was able to go and um, uh, take scuba lessons and the, and able to um, go out and swim with the sea lions and The amazing thing was that as we went out on the dive boat and I was preparing to go into the water, about a hundred sea lions just came off the rocks and swam out, and they were they were gathered around the boat waiting for me to come in. And mm. it was like, it was like life was answering back and, uh, and welcoming me to into, into welcome me into life, into this experience of life. And so we wow. went down and, and the sea lions stayed with us. It was like they were, they were greeting me. And it was uh, the, the, the relationship that was established under the water was uh, so amazing, and it transformed my experience of sea lions because they're kind of awkward on the mm-hmm. rock but but in the water the the grace and it is mm-hmm. it's like I 'd like to live my life like the way they swim, the comfort and the grace oh,
2: that is so fascinating. Wow, Keith, I'm so loving this. I used to live up in Big Sur and there's a lot Ah. of sea lions just south of there on the on the coast. And, and you're right, they just they don't look like the most graceful creatures. They look kind of lazy and they're all laying on top of each other and, and barking. It's kind of funny, but wow, to be with them in the water and have an experience of them in their in their true habitat.
1: Yes, yes. The The other thing about them is that you're right, that they're all they're noisy and they're and they look kind of like they're just lying there. But when we were out there, um, you know, there you would see the full range of expression of emotions and feelings. It was Dionysian in the best sense of the word that was just an <laughs> openness of feelings. So there was the aggression. But at the same time, there was a sense of intimacy and closeness that I don't see happening with humans, even you know. And it wow. was everything in between. And they would, and then there would be times there, where you'd see one animal go up into what I call a yoga posture. It looked, it, <laughs> it was a sun salutation. And <laughs> and then and it would fall silent. And then all others around it would begin. They all go into the same posture. And in that little grouping, they would fall into silence and it might be other places on the rocks, they'd still be barking. But these guys went into a meditative state like I've not experienced because we were there and we would feel ourselves being being inducted. You know, like when you're with a great meditation teacher and all Mm -hmm. he has to do is close or he or she has to do is close their eyes and you feel yourself dropping down that's what i felt with these sea lions so wow. it's like they they had this buddha consciousness
2: how interesting because i think so many of us myself included have i've had direct experiences with whales and dolphins and i think of them as being mm-hmm. these great spiritual teachers i'd never occurred to me to think of sea lions that way and so wow this is this just it blows my mind that you got to have this experience and be around them and be influenced by them that must have altered you somehow like in the way that it would be to be around a great a great teacher how did how did working with these sea lions and being kind of among them how did it change you or open you up
1: i would say overall with all of the animals that i've interacted with what it, what, for me, what it does is it's, it's completely transformed my worldview. Yeah. I would say that earlier on in my life, I held a, a worldview where I was somehow separate from the rest of life, that I was, yeah. I was an observer of life and didn't really connect with it. And if I look into some of the, the shadowier places, I'd have to say that I felt superior to other forms of life. And um, and and going out with the animals and engaging them in their world, um, you begin to feel uh, a sense of relationship. And when I'm looking at, say, the sea lions, I I first focus on sea lion and I open myself and open myself to becoming sea lion. But then Mm. that opens up so that I begin to feel all of the relationships that sea lion has. So I see, feel relationships with the herring that the, mm. that the sea lion eats. I feel uh, relationships with the orca whales that eat the sea lions. And mm. all, of the, all of the different interactions. So it, it, my sense is it's like Indra's net of gems where each wow. gem in the net reflects every other gem. And so I look mm. at one gem, I see all others. I see one animal and I see all of the other animals. And when I'm in that place, I feel a yearning to be part of the net of gems, of a yearning to belong. And when, when I do get that invitation, like I, I did with the sea lions, to become part of their world, it, it, it's a, for me, it's a feeling of unconditional love. That, and in the, in, Embraced in that unconditional love, the 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 uh, the worldview that sees me as separate and superior just dissolves. It just it can't stand up to that 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 embrace of love.
2: Oh, wow, I'm so. I hope everybody is feeling what I'm feeling right now from Keith. Like it's you're so transmitting this. Um, I so tell us a little bit about the other animals that you you said there was four. So we've got the geese. Sure or the goose and um, the sea lion. So what else?
1: Um, I, there was a dream one time where where I'm looking down into a very deep pool of water and, um, and I see this large, deep red fish rising to the surface. And um, I'm waiting for him. And I feel that, a closeness a very deep closeness to this animal even to this fish even though i've never met him before and i'm waiting for him because he's going to come with me when i leave the pool Mm. and um when i wake up uh my first association is that it's the size and the color of a sockeye salmon and Mm. um in, in british columbia where i live Sockeye salmon hold a mythic status. And uh, so I decided there was something wanting to deepen my relationship, my friendship with this fish. I decided to uh, go into the interior of British Columbia, where there's a very large sockeye salmon spawning run every every fall. And um, so we went up there and, and uh, filmed them during the spawning season and uh I expected my what I expected to film was the actual spawning the 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 death the cycle type part of it the death of the and then the the mm. laying of the eggs I expected to because I'd explored that previously but in this case what I became transfixed with was how they get up the river you know there's this feeling of a salmon swimming upstream that it's hard mm-hmm. work and that it's going against the flow mm-hmm. but as i i watched them and then did some explore research afterwards because they they will follow courses they know where the water is flowing slowest in the river so all the if they tried to get up the river just going straight ahead the water downstream is flow, flowing downstream faster than a salmon can swim. But they mm. know because of the rocks, water, sometimes water in a river moves over a rock and then actually flows back upstream. So they oh. know this and they, they ride these currents and these slower areas and and they can do this because they're so attuned to their environment. Oh. Um, First of all, they, they, they go on this migration before they get come back to the river out into the Pacific Ocean where they're, they're so attuned to the magnetic field of the earth, and that's what guides them for 2,500 miles out into the ocean and back again. They, they know that what their river smells like, so it's the smells that guide them back to the river. And they're out for three years, so they remember the smells of their home wow. for three years and then they have their body is attuned to to sense very minute differences in how fast water's moving so they're racing up but they're they're zigging and zagging in the current to find the places that it's moving slower and so for me it just uh, this this being attuned in in this way that they're using more than just the five senses that they're using all of these senses and the amazing thing is that, that for, for instance, the way they tra- migrate according to the uh, magnetic uh, field of the earth is because they have this uh, compound called magnetite that works like the needle of a compass. Well, we also have magnetite in our brains so that we, that re- responds to uh, the magnetic field. So we have all of these senses that we, d- we just don't know how to interpret them but my my feeling is that that's how we can attune more and more to to nature to a particular animal by opening ourselves to more than just seeing it and smelling it but we have all of the what we probably label as intuition it's mm. really based in in our biology that we, have, we we were we had 2 million years of evolution to develop these senses, and they're just lying latent for us to open up to. This
2: is so fascinating. I am so loving this. If you're just joining me, I'm talking to Keith Salmon. And Keith, I have to ask you, did you get your name from this dream, or is that your given name?
1: (laughs) Uh, That was, that was my given name. And, you know, um, growing up, I never liked it because people would call me things like fish face and things like that. So I always wish I I had a a different name. But um, through this through this dream, you know, I really felt like I did have this close relationship with the salmon.
2: Oh my God. Well, that's perfect. There's never an accident what our name is. That's so there's so much synchronicity in that. So we're gonna be taking a quick break in a moment. In the meantime, we've got one more animal for you to tell us about. And then we're gonna take your dreams, everybody who's listening. So um if you have a dream, don't be shy. Today's the day to call in and you'll get Keith and his perspective on dreams or on however it shows up in from based on his experience with in the natural world. The number to call is eight one six two. Five one three five 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 on the other side of this break and check out Keith's website. In the meantime, we'll be right back. His website, by the way, is True Nature Earth TrueNature.earth. See you in a minute.
1: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio. The Voice of an Awakening World.
0: Dream Interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden.
2: Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. I am Kelly Sullivan Walden. So grateful to be back here with you on the second half of the show. It's so fascinating. If you are just joining us, I've been talking to a most fascinating guest, Keith Salmon, and that's his real name. He's talking about, about the nature of these animals that have come to him in his his dreams and then him following them in his waking life and then filming it and getting the sound and the visuals and the and the and then poetry and prose and if you are if you're going to the IASD conference, which I hope everybody who's listening to this will go, this is a must. It's normally someplace around the world because it's an international conference, but because of COVID, one of the rare blessings, it's it's a virtual conference this year. So you can go to it from the comfort of your home. It's um it takes place during the middle of June. I'm pulling up the dates. I know that Keith and I are both speaking on Thursday. So it's the 13th of June through the eight through the 17th. So Keith is speaking in the morning on Thursday June 17th and then I come in after lunch 1:30 to 3. So Thursday the thir- the 17th of June mark that on your calendar and go to asdreams.org and and check out this conference. It is so special. There's speakers from all over the world with the most fascinating topics. I've been interviewing some of the keynote speakers. So Keith is going to be presenting his film and um his film about how these dream these animals came to him in his dreams. And then, as I always tell people, every dream, remembered dream, requires some form of action in our waking world. And he takes it, Keith takes it to a whole other level. He like dives in the water with him. He takes it, he's, he's taken it to the hilt, which is so wonderful and so inspiring. So Keith, before the break, oh, by the way, I want everyone to have your website one more time, nature.earth true nature dot earth you were telling us on the earlier about the the geese and about the um the sea lions and um and then some about the the sockeye salmon so there's one more so let's hear all about that about the fourth animal that that is the subject of your of your latest film
1: okay um and this was launched from a dream um, where I dreamt of like a paleolithic cave, one of the, from 30,000 years ago, say. And there was images of bison on the walls of mm. the cave. And, um, and so I decided, I felt encouragement. Um, it was called, it was the words on the front that called it the, the cave of the strongest man. And um, that was wow. something that I was exploring at the time. So I felt encouragement to go out and uh, be with the bison. And um, we went out there. And I, again, I, I would have expected uh, that, you know, bison are a large, imposing figure. So something about masculinity in more of a traditional sense. So I thought perhaps that's why I'm being asked to go out there. Um, but, as we were filming and uh, record uh, audio recording the the animals um, w- what we started to we would hear something and they were we, we can hear on the audio recordings uh, my wife and I are there, and w- we're saying what's that what did you hear something and um, and it was actually them in conversation. the herd was in conversation <laughs> in this remarkably Low, quiet, like a rumble, and and one they were just speaking to one another in constant dialogue, and and what we experienced it was it like a sound field, and it was like the earth vibrated with the the sound field that they created by talking to one another. So you could hear the individual sounds, but then you hear the overall sound of of bison, the, the bison herd. And then you mm-hmm. begin to hear the sounds of the grass and the wind through the trees and the birds and the coyotes and the elk were calling. So it all became part of a sound field. And, and it opened me to an experience of sound because um, it began to transform us. We would hear the individual sounds, but then... We could he- we were moved into a place where we'd hear the one sound mm. that held all of those sounds within it, and you know, f- for us, it felt like the the voice of the Buddha or what uh, the yogic tradition calls nada brahma, God's sound, mm. um, where where it was it the great om, where where when we allowed this sound to enter our bodies. Um, We literally felt them vibrating with, with, it was like, like our molecules and our atoms. I know that science tells us that they're vibrating, but somehow we were being tuned to a different vibration, to the vibration of nature. So that's one thing that I feel nature does for us is that living in, you know, separate from nature, we can, we can move out of tune with nature. And but just going in and opening ourselves, uh, we begin to we 're brought in back it 's like when a, you pluck a certain uh, string on a violin, another violin in the room, that string starts to to vibrate mm. it 's like when you go into nature and you hear these this remarkable sound field and you 're in this remarkable sound field, then you 're brought into attunement as well.
2: Mm. And even just hearing you speak about this feels attuning. It's it's amazing, and so I just think the timing of this is so fascinating. That you this is a, we're coming out of COVID. If people are listening to this recording in real time, starting to come back out of our caves, and there's been so many documentaries about the effect of COVID on animals and how they've gotten to repopulate and and. Mm-hmm. The, it's been like the very best thing for animals and um and so many so like the the issues that so many people struggle with they're like depression being um mm-hmm. you know at epidemic levels and it's in some way it's like maybe we're just out of sync with our nature and maybe this is why So many people are reporting having animals come to them in their dreams. I think they're. My opinion is that the animals are trying to get us back into our true nature, be in tune with them. What do you think? Do you think? Have you experienced um, other people sharing their animal dreams with you? Do you think there's there's something
1: that's happening that is in the
2: zeitgeist?
1: I truly, I truly believe you're correct. That that, and I have you know, from personal experience, I know. The, the impact of being separate from uh, nature, and I know what can happen when you move back into nature. Um, I was a university professor for several years, and, um, and at some point I started to have dreams w- that were all about a wasteland, like T.S. Eliot's wasteland, barren and arid. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't know about dreams at that time because I w- was uh, in animal genetics um, but mm. But then I looked at my life and my li- i I was suffering a, a, a depression uh, my life felt barren and going no it felt dead and um, wow. and so i I moved on and, and began to seek a more direct intimate relationship with nature and I felt that quickening I felt as though I was really coming back into. Uh, life. There's the the Spanish the flamenco tradition has this word duende. I felt the mm-hmm. duende coming back into my life, where there was a vitality that 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 I had I had lost over the years.
2: Oh, isn't that interesting? How we if we feel most people in the Western world, if we're out of sync, we're not feeling well. We take a pill. We put something
0: mm-hmm. we coat it
2: with something so that we just don't feel the pain of being out of sync instead of just, how about get back in sync? How about take off your shoes and, and walk around outside and hang out with an animal, even a dog or I don't know, I I, I lived... I'm a city girl. I'm from East LA. I don't know if you're familiar with the Cheech and Chong song from way back when, but born in East LA, SA, that was me. (laughs) And and it was, and nature was something to be enjoyed every once in a while on vacation. And it was a novelty. And then I moved to Topanga, which is in the Santa Monica mountains, still in Los Angeles, but I'm surrounded by coyotes and mountain lions Mm. and squirrels and hawks and, for a year, I moved back to the city, my husband and I moved back to Laurel Canyon, which is still, it's in LA, it's a canyon, but it's its closer to the city. And I noticed that for the whole year that we were back in Laurel Canyon, I couldn't relax. I was stressed mm-hmm. the whole time and and it was just, and I think I had always been that way, but it I only noticed it because I got kind of cleansed being in a more natural environment. I didn't even realize how out of sync I had been. And so coming back to Topanga, like I'm in right now, I just, I don't know, there's like a baseline. I've heard somebody say, like, when we meditate, we should seek to get to zero, like to come all the way down from the stress, from the static to that hum that's like back down to earth and I can feel that here even though I'm sure if I was in an even more natural environment I'd say what that's that was nothing compared to what's possible but I think that we all it's 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 part of our nature it's what we're all being called to do I so appreciate yeah. what you're saying what's the name of your movie is it a walk in beauty is that the name of it
1: to to walk in beauty yes and that that borrows from the navajo tradition of of to walk in beauty on this earth, to be in accord uh, and living in harmony with with all that is. So, in that tradition, um, when someone is ill, they're they're out of harmony with the earth, and so the effort is to bring them back to a place where they'll walk in beauty. And really, mm-hmm. all indigenous traditions have that in them. That if we uh, place ourselves in accord with the plants and the animals and the sun and the moon and the stars that we will be brought into accord we'll live in harmony with all that is
2: ah oh. oh this is amazing and even if we even if if you're listening and you live in a in an urban environment you still have a sky above you and there's some place where there's dirt. There's probably some leafy something somewhere, some lizard, some some ant that's crawling. I think if we get in touch with even, even on a micro level that it's just good for our soul. I know that for me. So let's take some questions. Um, so if anybody wants to ask a question about Keith and his movie to walk in beauty and his experience with taking the animals from his, out of his dream world and going to find them in his waking world and the effect of that on him and the number to call is 816-251-3555 again keith's website is true nature.earth okay so denise i see you here honey do you have a a question about your dreams or animals or any of the above what's on your heart today yes can you hear me i can loud and clear
0: Yes, that's a wonderful thing okay um (laughs) Well, um, well, uh, you know it's, it's ironic you got him on because my dream is about an animal. It, Ooh, I, I, think it was a, I think it was truly I think it it's not an animal. It's, I don't even know what it is because I mm. just I'm moving real fast right now and talking real fast, like I always do. But uh, <laughs> I think it was a nightmare. I think it was truly a nightmare. Anyway, mm-hmm. the dream is, is two seconds. Um, I'm walking down a hall, and I see the most hated animal in the world. And you're not going to believe this. It's a mouse. It's oh. a mouse. The mouse <laughs> starts walking towards me, and I am terrified of mouse in, a mouse in waking life. That's the biggest fear I have next to being on a plane with turbulence. Anyway, so the <laughs> mouse starts coming towards me, and I um, – you know, he's on the ground. I mean, you know, and he's, he's walking towards me. Oh, mouse is a mouse. So then um, somehow or another I put my hands down more to his level because in my mind I guess I'm I'm trying to push it away knowing you can't push a mouse away. Anyway the mouse keeps coming and I'm backing up and I'm putting my hands down next thing you know my hands are down to almost where my feet are and then then he he gets a hold of my hands or one of my Mm. hands and here's the irony to the whole thing. I have on gloves and the gloves got to be the most beautiful turqu- tur- turquoise gloves mm. i have ever seen. I'm like, so he can't bite my hands, and if he does, he's got to bite through the gloves. I'm not sure he really wanted to. I think mm. me coming down with my hands to his level gave him an opportunity because it's not like he's a, um, a cat or an animal that can jump. I went mm-hmm. to his level with my hands. That's it. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but that is the dream. But I am terrified of mouses. Let me make that perfectly clear.
2: Okay. <laughs> but by the end of this dream, what's your your feeling of it towards the end of the dream? Because you, you look down and your hands are covered in these
0: the turqu- beautiful turquoise, turquoise globes. Like- Oh, beautiful, like like a Caribbean sea, or like St. Marks, and you see that beautiful turquoise. And I thought to myself, "Oh my God!" I even looked at my hands and thought, "Well, wow!" I even changed in the dream and thought, "Oh my God!" I hope he don't tear up my my gloves. The gloves became, or the tour, that became more important for a half a second in the dream. But um, I have to I have to say one more time, I am terrified of a mouse. I'll play with an ox. <laughs> I'll play with a cow. I'll run with a um a wolf. A but bull, don't, Yeah, a bull. Yeah, but don't don't. Because don't what does a mouse, a mouse
2: represent to you? Like if you know, if yeah. I were an alien, what what like what is it? <laughs> what's the what's the essence of it? What is so terrifying about a mouse?
0: I don't know. I've been like that for I think all my life. I used to have gerbils and a guinea pig. When I was when I was a child, so that's kind of ironic. But yeah, I'm I'm scared of those things. If I see one of those things, the whole world ah a mouse eh! and people look really. Denise, it's a freaking mouse. Are you kidding me? But the oh, elephant's this- afraid of them. Look how big the elephant is. Well, you know how in cartoons <laughs> the elephant is afraid of the mouse. You know what so, I mean?
2: All right. So I'm I'm gonna do like a quick if it were my dream, and then I'm gonna pass this over to over to Keith. If you're open to, are you open to that, Denise?
0: Sure. Oh, I, I've been listening to him. I'm very impressed with him. I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> I, think, I think the the you know, Keith. You know what? I'm gonna let you go first. Go for it,
2: and then I'll I'll weigh in on my two cents. What comes to you about this? If this were your dream, Keith,
1: what would you do with it? Well, First of all, Denise, I have to say you're a magnificent storyteller that <laughs> yes. by itself is is captivating and and you bring the dream to life, which often you know people bring their dreams forward and they're just re- reciting it or reading it off a page. but you brought this one to life and and so that just op- immediately opens it up for me and mm-hmm. I think the key for me, the key is that. As you say, you reach down, you go down. Rather than running away and or turning your back, you go down to meet it. And and that from my experience, that's key because you're saying I'm no longer separate. You've got the fear um because you're afraid of it, but nonetheless, it was like me with sea lions. I still had the fear, but something carried me out. And in, in this dream, something moves you to get, to go down to reach to reach out and i it, as though you are yearning to make a relationship to begin a relationship with this fear whatever that whatever oh. the mouse represents to you as a fear you've taken the first step and and oh. i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if you had further dreams that that provided Further guidance on how you can approach this mouth, this fear that um, may it, the fear may ap- appear in other forms other than a mouse, or you may it, it may be that more mouse dreams I, I don't know, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is to to really acknowledge you that you after years of being afraid mm. that you re- reach down to it
0: oh, mm. oh that's beautiful
2: I love that
0: as my older brother would say he's not heavy like a rock he's heavy like a stone (laughs) you're you're heavy like a stone you're not heavy like a rock you graduated the rock you're like a stone (laughs) sir
2: (laughs) I want to agree with Keith and just say Denise I do love your storytelling you do bring it to life it's so vivid and I love everything that that Keith said I think just to throw in my two cents here if it were my dream to me I'm there's there's two things. the The big thing is the this big fear, if it's my dream, i'm I'm terrified of this mouse, and this it's almost like my terror is out of proportion to what's actually happening. It's so I can it gives me a sense of confidence. like whatever it is I'm afraid of, whatever it is I'm really afraid of. Is probably quite small, and it may be way way mm. more scared of me than I am of it. So,
0: mm. what am I
2: really afraid of? Like, what if you know I, one of my agendas in in this life is to live as fearlessly as possible, not to get rid of that. Never going to get rid of the limbic brain, and nor would we would we want to. But the the irrational fears, so that there can be more freedom and more love. And so, to me, I feel like this if our dreams come to us in the service of health, healing, and wholeness, then I feel like this dream is showing me that my fears are really unfounded and they're pretty tiny and they're kind of cute. And, and then there's a surprise element, this turquoise glove. And for me,
1: I truly, know. turquoise oh. is
2: my favorite color. I'm wearing it right now. Everything turquoise makes me go, ooh. So the fact that there's – it's almost like this surprise. I didn't realize I was wearing these gloves. And here they are and they're they. it's handy. It's like there's – the the name of Keith's movie is to walk in beauty. And there's this beauty that I'm, that I'm connected with. It's it's protect mm. the beauty protects me. And it also mm. helps me to reach out with more confidence. It's like when I'm in, in beauty, there's, there's something that that gives me. It gives me a strength that I might, a coating that I might not have already had. So I can reach out and, and not be afraid anymore. And just on, as a sidebar, my sister had a pet rat um recently, like in the last few years, and I was like, ah, I'm not into that. And she's like, no, Kelly, you've got to oh, put God. you gotta put him on your shoulder. I'm like,
1: no, 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 no.
2: But she finally talked oh, me no. into it, and I oh, did. No. And I fell in no. love with this little rat no. named Luna. <laughs> it was like the most precious little thing. And I realized, and this is something that kind of that Keith was mentioning. It's like maybe these these creatures that at first seem kind of foreign and kind of other, and even in the movie that I just saw that I was touting in my newsletter, the my octopus teacher, he starts off in the movie saying these creatures seem like they're very alien-like, and nothing's more alien-like than an octopus until you get to know it, and then all of a sudden it's more like us than we realized. So I bet that's also true. If that if that was true for the rat. <laughs> Imagine it's true for the mouse as well. <laughs> Things are only fearful when, we, when we're separate from them, when we're only and, feeling like I'm over here and you're over there. What, so how is that landing on you, Denise, what, and are you okay?
0: Very good. <laughs> what came to my head a minute ago, I don't know, is the unique thing is, and I didn't think about it till now, which is why I talk to you every week because you're so gifted, um, oh. a mouse is so kind of aloof. Mm -hmm. A mouse is not on the high food chain of animals that really want to be bothered. So, really, that mouse wasn't really trying to hurt me. That mouse was trying to find somewhere to go get some cheese and go get hidden. You know what I mean? It's not like a dog. A mouse is just so aloof. You know, he's so small. I can squash him, but yet and still I'm scared of him. I was just thinking what a mouse is. A mouse is just an animal that you usually don't see. And when you do, he's running. He's running for cover. He's trying to not get a snake or a dog or somebody to kill him. I'm just saying. I don't know where that came from. As you're
2: saying that, I feel like I'm just copying and pasting (laughs) this wisdom onto anything that is still at large or at small in my world that's, that's a fear. It's like they're all just a cute little mouse. Really, that's all it is. Keith, what are you getting? What else is percolating for you on this one?
1: No, I think that the size is is something really significant. Yeah, that. Mm. that uh,
0: mm. to,
1: and I do love the gloves. Uh, does Turqu- uh Denise does turquoise have some significance for you?
0: Um, maybe that I need to, like she Kelly was saying. With the pandemic, I love water. I love, like, the Caribbean. I love mm-hmm. to watch water. I love to swim in water. I love any kind of water. So, yeah, that's a, yeah, that, that's a tranquility and a peacefulness in itself. That they, they were turquoise. Not like they were black. They were pretty. Mm-hmm. And it reminds right. me now, it reminded me of water and just sitting down at a beach and looking at the water. More like the Caribbean, you know, more like another country because their water is so much more prettier than a beach. Um mm-hmm. not a beach person, but I do like that. Um, St. Croix, Jamaica, all that type of water that you see on TV. Um, but it's real. Yeah, that's what, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, peacefulness. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's what I need. Maybe it's time for a vacation and to relax. <laughs> and the mouse is telling me, put on your gloves, baby. Put on your bathing suit and go look at the turquoise water. I don't really want to bother you. Maybe there that's what you he was go! Oh my goodness! And
2: to walk in, to walk in beauty, and to also reach out in beauty, and and mm-hmm. watch our fears just t- grab their cheese and run away. They're not. They're not trying to hurt us. Maybe this this universe, this world we live in, is not so adversarial as we think. Um, it makes me also think of the the show Ashes and Snow. Did you ever see that, Keith? No,
1: no. It, it,
2: it was people, monks interacting with these, with, with elephants and hyenas. And it's like, it was so beautiful. It's like when you match their energy, there's, there's peace and calm and tranquility. I think it's something you would love. Uh But as we're wrapping up here, Keith, is there any last like one, like five second words of wisdom before we send everybody Uh off into the wild?
1: Sure. Uh, this, these, this is a uh, part of a poem from Rainer Maria Rilke, and um, it's it's sort of what got five seconds. Uh, what what <laughs> fills me, and it goes like this: once for each thing, just once, no more, and we too, just once, and never again. But to have been here this once, completely, even if only once, to have been at one with the earth, seems beyond undoing. Oh, thank
2: you. Sweet dreams. Thank you, Keith.
1: Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.